Welcome to First in Maine, your avenue to living well. I'm Debs here with my amazing co-host Lauren to meet you in the busyness of your everyday life, to pass along some of the insights and wisdom we've gained over the years. Don't try to figure out life alone. We want to connect you to some of the incredible, well-rounded people in our world. They're life coaches, counselors, pastors, physicians, just amazing people who can help you along the way. Each episode, we'll be sharing personal stories, practical help, and timeless principles to help you live at your best. So lean in and let's tackle life together. Hey guys, it's Lauren and I'm podcasting solo today. It's been a while. The last episode that I did alone was episode number 35, and that one was on living in confidence. But today I'm going to be talking about habits. And really, they kind of go hand in hand. If you have good habits, it'll make you feel good. But if you have bad habits, it could kind of make you feel bad. So before we get started, I want to start off today by asking you this question. In regards to your habits, why do you do the habits that you do? There's this quote that says, people are the wind in your sail or the anchor on your tail. And I really like this quote, but for today, to help illustrate what I'm going to be talking about, I want to change the quote up just a little bit. Instead of saying people are the wind in your sail or the anchor on your tail, I want to remove the word people and insert the word habits. Habits are either the wind in your sail or the anchor on your tail. This is an important topic to talk about because our habits can make us or break us. They can serve us or they can hurt us. Our habits can be the wind in our sail that helps us to move forward on our journey, or they can be the anchor on our tail that just keeps us sitting still, keeps us from moving whatsoever at all. So I don't know about you, but for me personally, I like to move. I do not like to sit still, especially when I am driving on the interstate. That is the worst. I do not like traffic and I'm not really sure who does, but I don't like it because it slows me down. It keeps me from moving. And like I have things to do, places to go and people to see. And so a lot of the times I like to try to figure out a different route just so I can keep moving. So what are some of the things that you do that helps you to keep moving instead of sitting still? I want to ask you just a few more questions. Um, These questions are in regards to some of your daily habits. The first question I want to ask you is this. How are your daily habits benefiting you? Are they making a positive influence in your life or a negative influence in your life? In other words, what are you harvesting? What are you reaping right now based on the habits that you have been cultivating? Debs and I, we have been doing this series of cultivating and what it what it means to actually cultivate. We had a whole episode of what cultivate means. We've been going throughout the last couple episodes talking about cultivating. And so today we're going to be talking about cultivating our habits because habits can put wind in our sail. They can keep us moving. So I want you to think about some of your habits, the habits that are moving you forward. For example, Maybe you're getting a full eight hours of sleep at night so that when you wake up, you feel rested and you feel good and you're like ready to start your day. I mean, sleep, it does. It makes a huge impact on our attitude and that will definitely put wind in your sail. 
Another example, maybe you keep a gratitude journal and every day you write in it things that you're thankful for, or you start your day in prayer or by reading the word and you get your heart and your mind ready before the day even starts. I mean, these things will also definitely put some wind in your sail. Uh, Maybe for you, it's that you're careful with your food choices or you're really good at not overindulging when you eat or that you're really good at least drinking 64 ounces of water a day. Maybe you schedule time for exercise, even if it's just 30 minutes. What are they? What are your habits? What are some of the things that you do that put wind in your sail? These habits, these good habits that you're cultivating for yourself are things that add value to you. And when you add value to yourself, guess what? You can take that value and you can hand it out. You can give it to other people. These are habits that move you forward, that help you in your life, and in turn, gives you the opportunity to help others. Now, there are habits, though, that hold us back. They're habits that are like anchors on our tail. They weigh us down. They hold us back. And we all have them. So what are some of yours? I am terrible at not making my lunch and taking it to work. (laughs) I know that this sounds really silly, but it is important. This is a bad habit for me. I don't make my lunch and then I don't bring it to work. And when that happens, I do one of two things. Either I, number one, I don't eat for the day and then my sugar level drops and then that affects my work. Or two, I end up spending a lot of money to have a lunch door dash to me. If I'm trying to save money, that is not helping me either. It's a bad habit. And I know, I know that sounds silly, but it's a, a bad habit for me. It's a, something that is holding me back from doing better at my job at work. It's something that is, you know, hindering my progress, especially if I'm spending more money to um, DoorDash something to myself or have something delivered. I'm not able to save that money and put it where I really want to put it. It's hindering me. So maybe for you, it's it's staying up late and watching TV or you um, stay up late and you read a good book. If you stay up late, maybe you're oversleeping and so you wake up feeling sluggish. Maybe you're a snoozer. You hit that snooze button way too many times in the morning and then you start running late for work. It could be something like you are a procrastinator. Maybe you procrastinate on things. Maybe that's your bad habit or that you have road rage or that you're impatient. Maybe you are forgetful or you're not organized, so you can't find the things you need when you need them. What are the things that you do that are holding you back, that are weighing you down, things that are hindering your progress? It really is important to think about this because our habits lead us to our outcomes. The results that we get in life majority of the time come from our habits, what we do regularly, what we think regularly, what we say regularly. These are all patterns. And then these patterns eventually will lead to a life of significance or insignificance. They serve us or they hurt us. So one of the things that I have been really intentional about is working on my coaching skills. I have been really working hard to create these habits that really develop my coaching skills outside of when I'm in the salon. So last month, I went to Orlando for a leadership convention with the Maxwell Leadership Certified Team. I joined this team back in 2016, and then this was the first time I have been back since. Now, most people, when they have joined the team and they have certified, they go back to convention every year. 
Some people, they go back like twice a year because they have convention two times a year, once in March and once in August. Well, I joined the team in 2016 and I haven't been back since. So as I'm trying to cultivate these good habits and work on my coaching skills, I I decided that, you know what, I need to go to convention and I need to get myself back into learning a little bit more about this so I can become a better coach. So I went back to convention and while I was there, I met a gentleman named Ray Popham. Now, if you don't know Ray, he is the faculty president of the Maxwell Leadership Certified Team. He's also the director of Equip, which is a ministry that I serve. So I met Ray at a meet and greet. And long story short, when I came back home from convention and logged into our coaching platform, I saw his name under a lesson that he had put together. And I was like, oh, I met Ray. And so I clicked on it and then I listened. And well, his lesson was about building your inner growth. In fact, it was literally called building your inner growth. And he said something that I wrote down and I I really just wanted to share this with you because I think this is brilliant. And if you get this, it is a game changer. He said, habits help you to be good at what you do, but great at who you are. In that lesson, Ray taught me this. He taught me that Creating good habits can create good skill sets that help us to achieve success. But creating good habits that create good character helps us to be a success. Simply put, better than achieving success is being a success. And if you're great at who you are, then really, I mean, really, it's hard to not be great at what you do. Achievement to most people is something that you do. To the higher achiever, It's something that you are. I love that. I actually read it from this book called The 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth by John Maxwell. This is an awesome book. I highly recommend it, especially if you're trying to work on some inner growth. And I think that we all eventually want to do that. I think that we all really do want to be great. And I think we all really do want to have a successful life. And we can. We can do that by working on our habits. If we work on our habits that develop the skill sets that we need to be successful, we will be successful. But if we want a life of significance, if we want a significant life, then we need to be working on the habits that make life significant. And these are the kinds of habits that cultivate and build godly character. This, this is where personal development starts. It starts with our habits because they impact every area of our life. They help us to be more effective and they help us to be more efficient in our life and in our communities and at work and at home and with our family and even in our finances. Speaking of which, if you haven't listened to our last episode on how to live a blessed life financially, you'll definitely want to because there are lots of great tips in that episode and suggestions on what financial habits are best to have. So as we're talking about cultivating, cultivating a blessed life, habits is one of those things. So cultivating good habits is important because good habits make us more effective and make us more efficient. They make us better and they help us to create or cultivate a life of significance. So when I looked up the word habit, I did find two definitions that I want to share with you. The first definition is what we already know. And it said that a habit is a settled or regular tendency or practice, especially one that is hard to give up. But then there was the second definition. 
And this second definition is what really got me thinking about habits. It said that a habit is a long, loose garment worn by a member of a religious order or congregation. Okay, so think like nun or a monk or a priest. And in its verb form, it means dress, clothe, or attire. The word habit is actually derived from the Latin word habitus, which means how you are. It means disposition or attitude or appearance. Okay, so stick with me here because I'm about to like bring this all together. If our innermost being is created by our habits, which is what we repeatedly do so much that it becomes who we are, then our character is a part of our appearance. We appear to be a certain way based on our habits, based on our attitude or our disposition. Another way we can say this is that we appear to be a certain way based on how we dress or clothe ourselves with our temperament. So what kind of attitudes are we wearing every day? What kind of character are we clothing ourselves in every day? Think of it like this. A lot of time we dress based on what we are doing. We may dress modestly for church or in active clothes to go to the gym, pajamas for bed, and maybe we dress in a uniform for work. And then we all have a style, right? Some people might really be trendy and fashionable. Some people might be really blingy in their um, attire. Others may have more of a grunge look or a preppy look. I mean, there's all kinds of styles out there. There's like casual and boho and vintage and athletic. And we can gather this information based on someone's outer appearance. But they don't necessarily tell people who we really are. Like if if I'm wearing a casual style, that doesn't tell you if I'm a nice person or I'm a patient person or a loving person. It just tells you that I'm casual, that I'm comfortable. So how do we gather information on someone based on their appearance? Well, we can do that through their inner appearance. Things like habits that create character because our habits tell others what we value. They tell people what we prioritize and what we believe in, and they show off our insides. Ever heard of the phrase, you are just as beautiful on the inside as you are on the outside? Well, this is what it means. We have an outer appearance and then we have an inner appearance. And that inner appearance is formed through our habits. And those habits are what create our character. Let me ask you this for a second. How would you feel if you could cultivate your inner core so well that it shows up on the outside? That when people looked at you, they saw more than just your good looks. They saw your good character. I feel like Most people want to be seen, right? I think for the most part, people want to be heard. And sometimes they go about this the wrong way. They're loud or disrespectful or maybe obnoxious. And because of that, sometimes they are dismissed. And so what happens is they become louder or more disrespectful and sometimes even a little controlling. Why? It's because they're trying to be seen. They're trying to be heard. But what if I told you today that there was a better way to be seen and a better way to be heard? That there is a way to develop really good habits that make our attitude better, that make our personality better, and make people actually want to flock to us instead of flee from us. 
I'm talking about things like joy and peace and love, patience, self-control. These are characteristics that Jesus teaches us. Titus 2.7 says, actually, that we must be an example by doing good works of every kind, that everything we should do should reflect the integrity and the seriousness of our teaching. So let's break that down a little bit. What does that mean? First, Paul wrote a letter to Titus. Paul was mentoring Titus because Titus took on the responsibility to oversee the churches in Crete. Crete was an island. And so Paul was teaching him principles that would develop or cultivate him into a more mature Christian as he oversaw these churches. So Paul tells him, be a good example so that other people imitate you. Practice what you preach so that people trust you and will listen to you and so that you earn the right to be heard. This is really important because if we are overly emotional, impulsive, unreasonable, baffled, and perplexed, more than likely we will just start an argument. We will never get our point across that way. 1 Timothy 4.7 says, Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas. Instead, train yourself to be godly. We need to be teaching ourselves the skills, the behaviors, the habits of being godly. And when we do this, people will see God in us. The same way we can identify a tree by its fruit, we can identify people by their actions. A good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree, guess what? It produces bad fruit. So what kind of fruit are you producing? What do your actions look like? In the 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth, this is the book that I was telling you about earlier, John talks about the law of the ladder. And he says that character growth determines the height of your personal growth. So the higher your character growth is, that's your inner growth, then the higher your personal growth will be. That's your success. Here's here's another way to think of this. And in your mind, I want you to picture a left rail and a right rail, okay? So the left rail, I want you to think of as inner growth. If you're writing this down, you can draw a ladder and on the left side, write inner growth. This is your character growth, your habits. And on the right side, that rail, that one is labeled outer growth. This is your personal growth, your goals, your successes. And you have to have both of these rails to climb up the ladder. You can only climb up the ladder as far as the left and the right rails will let you. You can't have one rail higher than the other because then it won't be able to provide you with the next step that you need to climb up. So if you are developing and cultivating habits that lead to personal growth, which is success, and you aren't cultivating habits that lead to character growth, you won't be able to get very far up that ladder. But if you focus on being better on the inside and cultivating your character and developing habits that make you a better person, then guess what? Over time, you will also become better on the outside. You'll achieve success because if you are great at who you are, you will be great at what you do. We have all heard that phrase before, um, actions speak louder than words, right? So what are your actions telling people? What are they saying? What type of habits are you clothing yourself in? What's the inner style of yourself looking like on the outside? 
Because if we aren't striving to have the same attitude as Jesus, then I think that we're just missing out. Because when we take on Jesus-like characteristics, it makes us a better person. And when we become a better person, we become better at all the things that we do. So do you feel like you have the same attitude as Jesus? When people see you, do they see you or do they see Jesus? There are definitely a lot of things that we can do so that people see Jesus in us. And I think that the first thing, the first and main thing, really is just to be in relationship with him. And we can do this by cultivating a life of prayer. So when we pray, we talk to God. When it's our turn to listen, we go to the word. And having a relationship with God means communicating with him. That means talking to him and listening to him. Scripture tells us to pray without ceasing. So that means all day long, we should literally be talking and listening to God in everything we do. Now, you guys know Joshua from the Bible, right? He took over from Moses and he led the Israelites into the promised land. And when God appointed Joshua to do this, God told Joshua to do something continually. Do you know what it was? He told Joshua to continually study the book of instruction and meditate on it day and night to be sure to obey everything written in it. In fact, God went on to tell him that by doing so, he would prosper and succeed in everything he does. Don't you want that? Don't you want to prosper and succeed in everything you do? I know I do. God tells us that we can. He tells us that to do so, we need to study the Bible, not just read it, but really study it. That means we need to spend time and give attention to understand it, that we should meditate on it day and night so that we are sure to obey everything written in it. And then guess what? We will prosper and we will succeed. Now, those are just two examples on how we can develop Christ-like characters. But there are many other good habits that we can have to help us grow our relationship with God. Things like serving others, going to church, and doing a life with a community of believers. Um, maybe that means going to a small group or joining a Bible study, spending some time in praise and worship. If we want people to see Jesus in us, then we have to act like Jesus. And we can't do that if we don't have a relationship with him. So what are the things that you are doing? What are some of your daily habits that really foster that connection to Jesus? What about this? What are those daily habits that are getting in the way of fostering that connection to Jesus? Super important because those things got to go. John Maxwell says, when we are foolish, we want to conquer the world. When we are wise, we want to conquer ourselves. So how do we conquer ourselves? Well, first, conquering ourselves begins with self-awareness. In order to grow yourself, you have to know yourself. And in order to know yourself, you have to know what you stand for. Jeff Henderson, he is an Atlanta local, and he is also an author. And he has worked with many big companies like Chick-fil-A and Atlanta Braves, um, Coca-Cola, North Point Ministries. Maybe if you are from Atlanta area, you've heard of Buckhead Church. He actually was a lead pastor there for many years. Well, he wrote a book and he calls it, We Have to Know What We Are For. His book is a growth strategy for work and for life. And in his book, he asks two questions. He asks the questions, what do we want to be known for? 
And what are we known for? So the first question, what do we want to be known for? This is our vision. This is the why behind our purpose. This is what we say to people. I want to be known for, and then fill in the blank. But then the second question, what are we known for? He says, this is people's experience of our vision. This is what we do. I am known for, fill in the blank. And Jeff says that when these two questions match, growth happens. Think about it. If you want to be known for being giving, but you are known for being stingy, those things don't match. But if you want to be known for being giving and you're known for volunteering your time in charities, those two things match. That's where growth happens. By matching and aligning what we want to be known for and what we are known for, we can create change because then we know exactly what habits we need to have and which ones we don't need to have. We can conquer ourselves. We can defeat our bad habits by understanding what we want to be known for and what we are known for. Another way we can conquer ourselves and defeat our bad habits is by changing how we see ourselves. And that is by focusing on our identity. I have a friend named Missy, and she's actually the person that helped me get certified as a speaker, trainer, and coach. And she wrote a book also. Can you, can you tell that I like to read? <laughs> I have all these great book recommendations for you. And soon, hopefully, I'll be able to recommend you um, Deb's book as she continues to work on hers. But Missy's book is called Because He Said So. And it's a 40-day devotional that helps you discover who you are based on what God says you are. And on page four of her book, she writes, you must begin to think of yourself like God thinks of you and speak to yourself as God speaks to you. She goes on to say that through the practice of becoming more like him and trusting that you are who he says that you are, the strongholds and the self-limiting beliefs that the enemy uses to separate you for him will begin to fade. Everything in your life will begin to change. Doesn't that sound so amazing? Doesn't that give you so much hope? Don't you want that? Like, I want that for you. I want you to see yourself that the way God sees you. I really, I really want you to get this. I want you to know that you are a masterpiece. God created you and he makes no mistakes that he made you and he designed you for greatness. And by giving you special gifts and special talents that you can do something special with. He did that for you, and you can do something special with your gifts and your talents if you develop them, if you cultivate them. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do good things He planned for us long ago. Did you catch that? So we can do the good things that He planned for us. That means we have to be in partnership with him because we can't do anything good, truly good, apart from him. We have a sinful nature. We want to do what is right, but we can't. We want to do what is good, but sometimes we just don't. We don't want to do what is wrong, but sometimes we do it anyways. Paul says in Romans 7.25, I am a slave to sin. But then he reminds us that we belong to a higher power that gives us what we need to live a Christian life. So we have to partner up with God. 
This is the only way we can cultivate good, long-lasting habits, habits that will transform us. Because when we take on habits that God teaches us to have, the good habits that he planned for us to have, our life begins to change. It begins to get better because God transforms us and makes us new. Romans 12, 2 tells us to not copy the behavior of this world, but to let God transform us into a new person by changing the way we think. Because then we will learn how to know God's will, which is good and pleasing and perfect. There it is again, good. God's will is good. By the way, did you know that the word good also has two different meanings? So it means pure based on the Latin word purus, but it also means to be approved of. So God's will is good, is pure, is approved, which means it's accurate. And we know that to be true because in Thessalonians 2.4, Paul writes a letter to the church of Thessalonica. And he says, for we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Our purpose is to please God, not people. Think of a mail person. They deliver mail. (laughs) They are messengers. Well, we are messengers too, and we are approved by God. We have been hired to deliver the good news. We are entrusted with it. That means we have been assigned with the responsibility to deliver it. And no matter what happens, Our purpose is to please God. So even if we deliver something that isn't received well, we still did our job. Why? Because we are God pleasers, not people pleasers. And if we're going to please God and not people, then that means we need to do what God says. He has the authority over our life. And so learning God's will for our life and cultivating the habits that he approves of helps us to have a life of significance, a life that is worthy and a life that is good and a life that is approved by God. It doesn't matter what other people think. Why do you do what you do? I really do want to encourage you to spend some time reflecting on this because God has given us everything we need to live a godly life. He empowers us with his spirit He keeps us from sin and he helps us to break our bad habits. He gives us the power to overcome them, to conquer ourselves, but it takes practice. We have to cultivate Christ-like patterns and that takes time. It just does. Growth, Growth is not a destination. It is literally an ongoing journey. When we are good, we can always be better. There is always room for improvement. You know that phrase, um, if it ain't broke, don't fix it? (laughs) Well, John Maxwell taught me last month when I was at convention that if you have something good, figure out how to make it better because there is always room for improvement. I really want to leave you with this. It's some encouragement that Paul gave to the Philippians. He wrote them a letter as well, and when he wrote to them, he reminded them that God has begun a good work within them and that he will continue his work until it is finally finished. Just remember that when God starts a project, he finishes it. We have access to the Holy Spirit that lives with inside us. He guides us and enables us to imitate God. We chose that for ourselves and we accepted Christ into our hearts as the Lord and Savior. And he promises to continue his work in us until he returns. Now, 
We don't know when that will be, so we don't need to be waiting too long to do this. I think that we should start now, like start today. If this is an area that you're struggling in, if you are living a life right now and you're not seeing much of a harvest, this is something that you can start now. You can start thinking about now, becoming self-aware of what's going on in your life and figuring out ways to change it, figure out ways to move you forward. What are the things that you need to do that's going to give wind to your sail to propel you? I really want to encourage you to take some time to partner up with Jesus, like learn his will for you and then sow some seeds, you know, get in the garden, play around a little bit, get your hands dirty, do some work. (laughs) God will bless it. And because he reigns over us, and I'm saying reigns like R-E-I-G-N-S, he will provide the rain, R-A-I-N, that your seeds need to grow. But... You have to plant the seeds and you have to cultivate the soil if you want to reap a bountiful harvest. And becoming the best version of yourself, it requires work. It takes effort. It's continually editing our habits and and upgrading and expanding our identity to imitate Jesus. We have been called to follow God, to mimic him and to be an imitator of him. And so that means We are to learn all we can about him and his characteristics. You know, he sets the standards and there is never any guessing, which I love. You never have to guess about what to do. He tells you what to do. He has set that standard for us. So we don't have to strive in life. We can thrive as long as we cultivate the things that matter. And guess what? Our habits matter. Even the smallest, tiniest, little babyest habit can lead us to a bigger, more satisfying and significant life. And that, that is the life that God has intended for us. That is what he wants for us. That is the life that he has approved of for us, that he has planned for us to have. So we can have it. It's there for us. We just have to cultivate it. As always, thank you so much for listening. We can't wait to meet you back here at First and Main, your avenue to living well. God bless.